drop. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> We're working on it. We good? We good. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so my name is Anya. I'm your host. My pronouns are she, her, and this is This Could Be Gay. My uh, guest today is Zach. Hello. I'm, I'm Zach. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. Um, yeah, I guess I'm your guest, <laughs> as you said. So welcome to our first live performance. Um, <laughs> we've never done this before, so just bear with us. <laughs> um, and yeah, today we're going to talk about James Bond first. Um, yeah. Um, so um, you don't know the show. You want to tell them a little bit about? Oh yeah. So what, what our here? show is basically just you know the way that things could have been a little bit more queer with pop culture and how we wish it was that way, but you know, it didn't happen that way. And so we pick different items from pop culture each week and we talk about it. Uh, I believe your tagline is exploring the gay possibilities of pop culture. Yes, <laughs> exploring <laughs> the gay possibilities of pop culture. That's uh, what we're doing. Yeah, so, yeah, so um, my topic that I'm bringing uh, for, for this show is uh, uh, we, wanted to do things a little literary and I cheated by taking something that's more known uh, from movies but started literary um, uh, James Bond a new movie coming out soon I'm I'm an embarrassingly big uh, fan of this franchise growing up I grew out I lived out in the country with no friends nearby so I just watched movies from Blockbuster every weekend and watched all of them um, and thinking back on it there's there's a lot of opportunities for this absolute misogynist dinosaur of a man to uh, have been gay. And it's even been brought up in uh, recently the movie Skyfall, the second to last movie came out, I think 2013, 2014. Um, there's a scene with uh, Javier Bardem's character, Silva, the villain, uh, where he's, you know, feeling up on, on, on old Jim's legs and uh, saying, you know, are you, are you uncomfortable? He's like, you know, there's a first time for everything. And Bond says, what says this is my first time uh which so james bond's by yeah absolutely confirmed. <laughs> absolutely confirmed um if for nothing else for queen and country um we'll do anything to get the mission done but um this you know <laughs> looking back through the through the franchise um the original author uh ian fleming um had had a little bit of an issue with uh gay people um almost as big as his issue with all minorities um where he just really didn't like them. Um, there's a lot of gay coded villains, um, specifically in uh, Diamonds Are Forever. There's a pair of, uh, of assassins, hitmen. They're like the, the main people going after Bond named Mr. Winton, Mr. Kidd, played by uh, Bruce Glover, uh, who is um, Crispin Glover's dad, that notable weirdo from movies like uh, Back to the Future and uh, Charlie's Angels. Um, mm -hmm. He... And then also um, Putter Smith, who is a jazz bassist. So it's a really strange combo of guys, but they're they're definitely lovers. Um, and they're even to the point where uh, when James Bond dispatches of uh, one of them uh, 
tucks his like hands between his legs and then throws him like over the side of a boat into the ocean and he goes ooh when his like hands get like forced up into his crotch um <laughs> like he he just loves it um but there's a lot of opportunities for James to have been gay and i think you know if you watch the movies in that way it's it makes a lot more sense uh big one i i noticed is um goldeneye which i think is a lot of people of my age range is like first experience with bond um through the video game or the since the movie came out in the 90s um he has a very special relationship with the the person who ends up being the villain in it sean beans alec trevelyan um where they they grew up together kind of like in in the in the service and there's definitely something there there's a lot of betrayal there from uh alec when he his bond basically leaves him for dead even though he was betraying his country in the same moment and it was like faking his death he's still just like he's upset by the fact that bond like betrayed him in that and it's like there's something more to it than that oh yeah yeah um so yeah that i mean that's the biggest example of it for me and also just the fact that this this man like is he he thinks sex first in everything um besides queen and country the mission that um sometimes those lines are a little blurred and it never made much sense to me that he's just straight like it's just not like he he is a sexually driven person and i don't think it matters what uh what the the target of that is in my opinion absolutely yeah i think that it would have made so much more sense to to show that across the years that having him interact with men in a more sexual way because of how highly sexual he is with women and um, just like you said on the job to get what he needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I mean, I in it goes even beyond, beyond him. You know, there's a lot of a lot of characters. Um, the new the new Q is one that you are especially. Oh, yes. So I don't know if y'all have seen the new James Bond movies, but they introduced a new Q and gay as hell. Have you have you seen the new Q? You just look at him and you're like, yep, that's a gay. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Like and not just that Ben Weshaw, who plays him, actually is gay in real life. The actor is actually gay. But like just the way he acts and the way he is toward towards Bond, he's just like, hmm. I, yeah, yeah. I, this is <laughs> a, a handsome man. A romance for the ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which um, you know, I, I, I have a feeling like they're gonna set him and Money Penny up in the new movie, not to disappoint the entire world, but um, it's probably gonna happen, and that's just another example of lost opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that that's basically it. Just if you go back and if you go back and watch, there's even you know, other gay coded characters, they're literally always villains. Um, Pussy Galore, uh, that is an actual character's name, and she, her name fits uh, what she likes until Bond decides that he wants her and he converts her. Oh my God. Gotta love that trope. Yeah, I think that that's <laughs> about it for, for Bond. But, but All right. So what, what were you wanting to talk about? All right, so today I'm talking about the classic Little Women. You know, you love it, you know it. Um, this is a just, there's two movie versions that I'm kind of pulling from as well as the book. So the 1990 version with Winona Ryder and then the 2019 version. 
that you know recently came out and then the book of course and um joe joe march let's talk about joe march <laughs> y'all already know um there is just countless times in the book where she talks about how it's such a disappointment that she was born a girl um, because everything that she likes is like male driven um, let me see here. Uh, so there's this part in the book where her sisters are giving her a hard time for being boyish and that she needs to grow up and become ladylike and all that good stuff. And she says that, you know, if her, they talk about her hair, they're like, you need to put your hair up and become a woman. And she's like, if I need to put my hair up to become a woman, I'll wear my hair and pigtails for the rest of my life, if that's what it takes. And then she says, I hate to think that I've got to grow up to be Miss March and wear long gowns and look as prim as China. It's bad enough to be a girl anyway. When I like boys' games and work and manners, I can't get over my disappointment in not being a boy. And it's worse than ever now, for I'm dying to go and fight with Papa. And I can just stay home and knit like a pokey old woman. So she wants to go and fight with her dad in the Civil War, because this is when it takes place. And of course, if you're familiar with Little Women, it, it takes place in the 19th century. And it's just about these sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy and just their passage from childhood to adulthood, all that good stuff. But basically, I have a theory that either that Joe is like trans because of how much she wants to be a boy. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely gender not like non-conforming. Absolutely. At, at, the, at the very least. Yeah. Absolutely. And the way that she's written is just every opportunity that she gets to like have a man in her life. She's like, ew, no, why? It's like <laughs> this huge thing that she just does not want. So her best friend is a boy named Lori. He's the neighbor boy. And he ends up proposing to her at one point. And she's like, no, why would you? Like <laughs> the whole time that he's proposing or like gearing up to propose, she's just like, no, 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 no. You don't have to say anything. You can stop. You can stop now. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and then he just keeps going. And she's like, no. Yeah. Like the... Like, there's, like, even that trope in, you know, a lot of different forms of entertainment. Like, I know there's, like, video games where I, I think it's specifically from a video game called Dragon Age where there's romanceable options. And uh, you can go down an entire path and get to the point where you make your move. And if you are not, in like, if you're a male character, they go, no, no, I'm, no, you've misread some things. Um, and that's definitely the same vibe with Joe. Yeah, absolutely. It's he's going into this trying to to talk to her about being, uh, you know, asking her to marry him essentially. And he's like, "I've loved you ever since I've known you, Joe, and I couldn't help it. You've been so good to me." And she's like, "I wanted to save your feelings, but you're making this hard. Like, <laughs> I do not want this." And um, Louisa May Alcott wrote the book, and she wanted to end the book without Joe being married. Um, but her publisher like pressured her into ending it with a marriage. And so she ends up marrying this professor that she meets when she's working uh, in New York. And it's just the most forced shit you've ever seen. Like <laughs> he, they meet and it's just like, there's no chemistry. And then it just falls off because she has to run home because her sister's dying. And then he comes and visits like after her sister dies and everybody's like, you're in love. And she's like, what? No. <laughs> Yeah, like, has not mentioned this guy to them, really. Like, yeah, at all. And then it's just like, you talk about him all the time, you know? And it's like, where? where when? <laughs> I've not mentioned him once. Not once. So, yeah, it's just, 
it's all forced and um there's like throughout the book um he uh the father refers to joe as his son and um joe's sister beth talks about how joe plays brother to all of the sisters is like the brother role in the family um and so yeah i just think that joe is queer as hell oh yeah i mean to the point the the new movie actually does a pretty awesome thing with this where they you know spoilers if you haven't seen it but they they subvert what is in the book and kind of reference the fact that um alcott didn't get to have the ending she wanted they show the character of joe you know in in the book she's writing the story writing the book you're reading it's like a right. like interesting device they're doing and shows her at the publisher making that like you know like change saying like oh sure i'll make her get married i guess like as long as i retain the rights to the book um, yeah, she's it's like the trade-off she does. Yeah, she's making this huge effort to keep the copyright to her book, which was like unheard of at the time for a woman to be a writer and then to also be able to keep the copyright of the book. And then she also made a lot more money than the average writer at the time um, because of the deal that she struck. And it was all like contingent upon her making the protagonist fall in love at the end. Mm, yeah, and so, yeah they, they show her have that random marriage, like the character Joe, but then also show her going to the the publisher and basically saying that's not what happened like and it's like a really cool way that they kind of resuscitate the actual ending that that Alcott wanted for the book yeah absolutely that they get to reference that in the in the movie in a way that it wasn't shown in like the previous adaptations yeah so yeah i mean <laughs> i think we're supposed to take up more time but that is what I wanted to say about <laughs> Joe March. And so, yeah, thanks so much for watching. This is This Could Be Gay. Yeah, yeah, thanks so much.